has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. Hi there, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, you covered it pretty well. I'm a director producer um, that has worked with tons of celebrities, um, owned my own production company, um, came out as a Republican, um, pretty close to the time when Trump came out um, as a candidate. And, um, you know, at the time it was unpopular, but not quite as unpopular as it is now. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's even, it's much more um, unpopular now. But, um, you know, so I, but I did that for a reason. I saw that the left was leaning into socialism and I knew I had to say something because my mom is a, an immigrant that came from Cuba to the United States. So, um, my value for freedom and for, you know, our wonderful country is really high. Um, and I knew that if I didn't say anything or do anything, and that was the world my kids grew up in was a socialist one, um, that I would not be able to forgive myself or look myself in the mirror. So that's why I decided to come out and do what I could to turn the tide and sort of um, reach out to young people and minority groups, and uh, especially because they've been the ones lied to the most. And um, talk to them and sort of reach out with just facts and saying, look, you know, it's okay. They fooled a lot of people. They fooled, you know, even me up to a certain point, you know. And um, you don't have to you know, sort of stay on this track, you know, it's not too late to, to switch tracks. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. I'm not, um, I'm not the slightest bit worried about it. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's not a daunting task to me because I started at the bottom when I became a director. Uh, I didn't have a family in Hollywood. I wasn't rich. I didn't go to a fancy film school. I just had talent and I had work ethic. Um, and I think if you have talent and work ethic, you're like miles ahead of everybody. Because generally, you know, if you have work ethic, that's really what you need. But if you have talent on top of it, you know, then you're you're golden. So um, I'm not worried about you know the the end result. It's just you know there's a process, and that's what I've been telling people. Like it's not immediate, it's not overnight. Because you really have to build out the infrastructure of this um, to be able to do it intelligently. There's a lot of people who want to throw stuff on a wall and like shoot something, you know, in their backyard. So that's not what we do. I mean, you've seen my work. Um, it's high-end stuff, so it takes time. Um, and we're going to do it the right way so that we really can compete with what they do. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. Yeah, I'll expand on it, you know, by saying, you know, let's look at California. California is a state that has done the most in terms of you know, enacting the policies the Democrats say they want. Well, California, once you adjust for cost of living, is the highest poverty state with the worst wealth inequality, okay? Um, 
black Americans there are mostly relegated to, you know, like certain there's there's more racial disparity in terms of location than you see in other states. So, you know, a lot of black Americans end up stuck in one area um, and it's not a particularly good area of L.A. And, you know, other citizens are not. And while at the same time, those black citizens are not receiving the same support that illegal immigrants are receiving. Illegal immigrants in California are receiving um, taxpayer-funded lawyer fees. You know, I, I don't know any black Americans that are getting taxpayer-funded lawyers um, that, you know, for some other purpose, aside from, you know, in the court system, but that's everybody gets that. Um, but it's the entitlement that illegal immigrants are getting that it's, it's, it's hurting black Americans, especially black men the most, because the jobs that these people are taking when they come here illegally are jobs that generally in the past would have been open to those workers and been a path forward. So um, in a way you can say, you know, it even drives other issues too. When, you know, people come from, and this isn't a black issue, this is an American issue, when people are born into a bad area and they're economically depressed and their parents were economically depressed, and if they grow up and there's no job waiting for them, even if it's a low-level job while they're going through school, they're going to look for other avenues to make money. And if the only thing they know for safety and money is gang life, then they're going to join a gang. So it, this all goes into sort of like a larger picture of like you have to think of it as like a spider web, you know, and the chain reaction of allowing illegal immigration has a devastating effect on the black community especially, but it really has a devastating effect on every community. I just in that op-ed particularly honed in on how it hurts the black community because you look at these cities, the big cities, Baltimore, you know, um, Detroit, you, you go through each one of them and you look at how long have Democrats controlled these areas. In all of these cases, places like Detroit and Baltimore, um, it's been decades and decades and decades, 50, 60 years, you know? Um, and even in the lesser ones, still have a lot of the same problems. Places like Philadelphia, same thing, 50, 60 years. LA, where we have an out of control homeless problem, over 50 years. So, you know, you go through each one of these, how long Democrats have controlled them, and you realize that like, what is there to lose? There's nothing to lose here. These people haven't fixed your problems. They haven't fixed the problems in the inner city. They've made them worse. They haven't given you avenues to make more money and to have a safe, prosperous life. So why don't you give somebody else a chance to? Um, you know, and that's, that's my argument. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. That's a good question. So, well, there's a number of avenues. So, number one is writing things like this to try to just expose the idea to people. Um, but number two is, is talking. You know, I, I spend all the time I can talking, answering people's questions, answering. I get emails all the time, when especially when I write a piece like this, people asking questions that are genuinely interested in sort of the thought process. They may have questions based off of, you know, something that's inside of it and being able to do that, follow along with them and let them know that they're heard, seen and matter, you know, um, that's important. So aside from that though, on a larger scale, and this isn't, you know, just um, catered to the legal immigration issue, but in a large sense, um, it's important to me that the right has a really competitive culture with the left that we can culturally sort of adapt to higher production values and more creativity because 
that's if we're intellectually honest, that's where the left beats us every time is that they have a larger contingent of um, creative projects being produced. I won't say you know more creative people because I think we actually have a lot of creative people on the right. There's just not the the infrastructure to be able to widely or you know um, intelligently put it out there. So part of my goal is to be able to create an alternative ecosystem in general for all types of entertainment, whether it's TV, film, music, um, everything across the board, so that we can be able to compete with what the left puts out. Um, if we don't have a culture and we don't give people things that will entertain them, somebody else is going to, and it's generally going to be somebody on the left who's trying to socially engineer our kids. So, um, and that's my real concern. Like everything in politics for me goes back to my kids. You know, the world that they grow up in, the world that, you know, everybody's kids are going to grow up in. I want it to be a world that's sane. You know, I don't even want a, you know, some far right, you know, everything that, you know, you could dream of, utopia. Like that's, that's not reality. I want a place driven by common sense, a place driven by just pragmatism. And um, I think that's why, you know, President Trump, has had the support of so many people like me that like they just want to see common sense again. They just want to see some sense of, of you know the fact that our leadership is looking to help everybody, not just some people. That's something that for me has always bothered me. Although I'd be classified as like quote elite, um, I grew up you know without very much, and so I know what it's like to be that kid that's sort of you know wondering if you know they're going to be able to do this or that thing and. I want to do what I can to have a more prosperous country where there's less of those kids wondering, you know, um, about financial economic security. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. It's not your political, um, you know, uh, ideology or opinion or whatever. It's not a protected class. So um, they can do whatever they want. Um, and it's happened a number of times. I mean, there's, there's nothing really I can do about it. Um, there's a lot of people who say, oh, you should sue them. It's not, I mean, you're not a protected class for your political views, so there's, there's nothing to sue them for. Um, there is one case where I could have sued a major company that, um, that left us because it wasn't just political. It was also a racial thing. It was very bizarre. But I, I wanted to get into it. I ended up um, you know, coming to a, a sort of understanding with them. But it's, you know, people are just crazy. We're at this point where people can't fathom working with people that don't agree explicitly with them and won't, you know, just echo what they want to hear. And I'm lucky to be in the position where I don't need their money. You know, it, if I did, maybe we'd be having a different conversation. Maybe I wouldn't be having conversation at all. Maybe I'd be forced to be quiet, you know. Um, but I don't need their money. So I... I felt a real duty to speak up and make it easier if I could for the next pe person, you know, behind me that um, may have trepidation about coming out, but maybe, you know, every person who does come out makes it a little bit easier for the next one. So uh, it's worth it. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. Number one, uh, my thought on Joe Biden saying that uh, Obama should be a Supreme Court justice is that if that's not enough motivation for you to vote, to get out and vote and get three or four, five, six, 17 friends to go vote, then I don't know what is. That, that should be all the motivation you need 
to start now registering people to vote, drive people to vote on you know voting day, do everything you can to make sure that we don't put the socialist and democrat disguise into power. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. Yeah, they used to be funny. They did. They used to be funny. And, and you know, that's part of what we're trying to address with the new system, uh, the new ecosystem for entertainment, is um, we're not just creating a Republican version of SNL. Um, you know, like when if we do an SNL-type show, a comedy skit show, it's not going to be based around just making fun of the left the same way they do that. It's going to be something that everybody can just sit and laugh, and we're not socially engineering anybody at the same time, you know? The country's so hungry for just, like, some form of unification where there's just things we can agree on, laugh about, have fun with, you know, and not everything has to be this, like, strangling fight with each other. We can just have some moments of just sanity. Um, and so some of our projects are based around that, just injecting some sanity back into things. On the late night posts, you know, I think it's kind of funny. My wife and I were actually talking about this the other night where we were like, who, who actually watches these shows? Like, who, who watches them? You know, not just them, but the weird sitcoms that they do on the same channels that they air before and after. Like, who's the audience? And why are we still trusting the Nielsen rating system? That's another thing I don't understand. It's not an especially advanced rating system. It's, it's actually pretty remedial if you look into it. So, you know, with the technology we have, why are we still trusting this rating system that really doesn't have any scientific value, you know, to actually extrapolate what the viewership is? It's, it's almost more so built around an ad-driven model where, um, you know, they need certain numbers to be able to sell ads. So, you know, I wonder why it is with the technology we have that they haven't come up with a way to just be able to tell remotely from every TV in America what people are watching, you know, and get the ratings based on that. Why haven't we done that? Um, and I think the answer for why we haven't done that is because the ratings are not as good as they think. They, you know, would like people to think they are. No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. Yeah, so Grow Up is going to be a show uh, hosted by me and my wife, um, Landon, and we're going we're gonna to delve into all the issues of today. We're going to interview really interesting people, but the overarching idea with the show is it's a show about growth. It's about how we can all, you know, find that propensity within us to want to grow, you know, and... Yes, we'll have segments with, um, you know, like crazy leftists where we're like, we're trying to teach them how to grow up, you know, but we're also, this is also about self-growth too, you know, um, and challenging ourselves and our minds and our perceptions to be better. So, you know, in one case, the grow up can be sort of attached to the idea of somebody on the left acting crazy and, you know, teaching them how to grow up, but it can also be attached to interviewing somebody who's, you know, um, a world leading neurologist and talking to them about brain science and what people can do to um, expand their minds and have healthier brains. You know, I mean, there's so many things that can expand on and that's that's sort of our our feeling here is we don't want to box ourselves into just strictly political content. I'm sure we'll be political nearly every episode, but there's going to be a lot of, you know, uh, 
a lot of other things to interest people. You know, life's just not all politics, and we want to sort of uh, address the whole human being, you know, the whole state of being for a person. You know, we'll talk about relationships. We'll talk about, you know, politics. We'll talk about how you can grow yourself. You know, there's there's so many areas we can go into, uh, and I'm really excited about doing it. I mean, who doesn't want to work with the person they love? So uh, I'm excited about it. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.